Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This time on The Kindness Project, 100 Germans, vocabulary, and we are joined live by Annie Bonneau from St. Francis Hospice. Morning, morning, morning. Welcome to The Kindness Project live episode... Eight. What's that in Spanish? Ucho. <laughs> don't know. What's it in French? Just don't know. Don't know. What language did you do? Didn't. Oh. I did French, but I gave it up. I didn't like it. Oh, ons? Oh, no. Oh, uno? No. Let's try and embarrass ourselves for that. Um, I am joined... Wheat. 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 I am joined by a girl who clearly doesn't know any foreign languages. It's Charlotte Downs. I'm learning. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're learning Welsh in a minute, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I'm joined by a man who has made his second attempt at writing a dystopian novel. It's Chris Day. I am in the middle of a novel at the minute. I thought I'd use this time productively to, um, to um, write a novel. Oh. But we also are joined by a man who looks amazing in orange. It's Mr Andy Fanau. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? Hello, Chris. Um, before we go any further, pronunciation of my name, Ferno. 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 Yeah. Thank, thank you, Andy. I, I, I was trying. I was trying to make it sound more French, mate, but clearly, clearly that that didn't work. So, um, so the other the other thing we've been spending time doing is watching a little bit more Netflix than normal. Mm. Um, and there is a show on Netflix at the minute, which is a bit amazing. Do you want to tell our audience about oh, it? The the hundred humans. Oh, so funny. So it's a show on Andy. Have you seen the show? No. Uh, let me tell you about it. Is this show, um, and effectively it's a science show, so they talk about social psychology yes. and how humans behave. But um, really, the genius of this show isn't in the psychology. No. It's just in some of the characters they've picked to participate in these, um, in these experiments. Yes. Um, and the weird thing is there are... Two in particular, <laughs> two two characters in particular that we're a bit that we're a bit obsessed with. Um, do you want to tell uh, do you want to tell our audience a little bit about? No, you do. All right, all right. So there's one guy. Now, Andy, I'm a man who has um, lost a bit of hair over the years, and it's like it's going from the back. Um, how long have you? Um, how long have you been? Uh, bald. <laughs> I was trying to think of a better way to, to put that. I was going from around 20, so I'd say by, very young actually, so by 23 it was pretty much gone. Yeah, see, see, my dad lost his hair at 26, so at 42 to keep the amount that I've got, I'm, 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 I'm feeling lucky about that. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever considered a bald head and sideburns? Mm, probably not. No, and there's a reason for that. It's a poor fashion choice. <laughs> but 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 the, the there's this guy on this show, this hundred humans. If you're on, if you're if you've got Netflix, give it a watch. Um, who's got a completely bald head and sideburns, but not sideburns like he's grown them out of his beard. 
is it? It's, it's, grown, it's grown from his hair. It's grown from his hair. Um, and it's, a, it's amazing. Human 54. <laughs> it is human 54. Yes. Uh, and we, we've started calling him Burley. Yeah. Um, he's got a nickname already, <laughs> Burley. And there is a, there's another character that we're obsessed with who just expresses every emotion by moving his chin. Yes. Um, it is absolutely amazing. Um, so give uh, give that on Netflix yes. a watch. What else are you watching on Netflix? I am not. No? No. I'm, I've been avoiding TV. Yeah. Pro- probably, a, probably a good move. Yeah, right? yeah. Probably a good move. So new favourite band. New favourite podcast. What's the new favourite band? Sleeping at Last. Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. Andy, what, um, what are you doing? What are you using this extra time to do? To be very honest, I come from the world of DJing and it seems that almost every DJ that I know is doing a Facebook Live show. Uh, yeah. So I'm tempted. I'm tempted to get involved, but life as always is hectic. But do you know what? To be honest, yeah, loads of my friends doing it and it's great. And, and now I'm getting introdu- intro- invites to uh, quizzes that are taking place on Wednesday and things like that. So, yeah, there's lots going on to try and occupy people's minds. Yeah, and I've never been on Zoom so much. Do you know what I mean? I'm using, literally, I'm having, we had a Trivial Pursuit game on Zoom, yes. didn't we? Um, and we, like, we're just communicating people a lot more. Um, and I, th- I think, as we said before the podcast started, technology enables us yeah. to feel, it's a, for me, it isn't the same, but technology is allowing us to feel a little bit more connected yeah. at the very at the very least. Um, big big shout out to uh, some of our live viewers. Thanks for Mike uh, to Mike for tuning in. Amanda, Trev, Kelly, uh, Sarah, thank you. Joe, thank you. Steve, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, so that's good. Uh, one thing I want to mention is today's question of the podcast how can people give us answers charlotte well we have a twitter at all of kindness <laughs> I, I don't know i did a little dance there um uh, if you're watching us live we're already on our facebook page so welcome uh but it's the kindness project in the search bar on facebook we have an email ola at the kindnessproject.co.uk and if you just search us into google we are the first thing that comes up which is pretty awesome it is pretty awesome, pretty awesome. yeah it took a while to get there but yeah, now, yeah. now we're there um and you can check out all of the um previous episodes of the kindness project on the website um there's a certain gentleman who who is one of our most popular podcasts ever who we've got as our first ever live guest so thank you andy for joining us i really i really appreciate it. this is like breakfast telly isn't it all this sort of like live i'm doing a live feed and it's all quite it's all quite exciting but um what we'd like to do is uh get your answer to our question of the podcast um what word would you really not like to be taken out of your vocabulary? Vocabulary? Vo- vocabulary. Vocabulary. What would be your word, Charlotte? I don't know. Um, there's lots of like little words that I use all the time, and I think I'd probably have difficulty filling in the spaces, but they're not that interesting of words. Go on, what one? Like, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have the word dude. 
Dude. Dude, what? Sorry, you, out of all of the words in the in the dictionary, you've given the word dude. I told you they were little words. It's like, you know when you say things and they kind of become part of your, like, everyday language, yeah. you can't quite imagine speaking without them. How often do you use the word dude? All the time. Yeah. Yeah, I refer to loads of people as dudes. Right, who's, who's, who's like, right, I'm, I'm just, because dude to me is like an 80s thing. Like, so the fact that dude is coming back it's into... It's not, it's just me. Oh, it's just you. Yeah, just the word dude. Okay, just, fair enough. This is one of those words that's just like, it's not something everyone else says, but I kind of feel inclined to say it. Yeah. And I can't imagine not referring to some people as dudes. Do you ever use the phrase mood dude? No. No, no, of course no, not. Stop, stop. <laughs> stop. Uh, Andy, what, um, what word would you miss the most? word would I miss? Do you know what? When we were talking about this before we went live on air, I think I was confused with what would I miss the most, which would be music. If it's word, probably when I'm getting irritated or agitated, I'd probably say, leave it, because I say leave it a lot. Leave, leave it. it. Leave it. Right, fair enough. Okay, and the thing you'd miss the most would be music. Without a doubt. What, as, a, as a DJ, what um, what artist should we be listening to right now? Because I, I know you like your sort of funk soul, isn't it? I do, I do. But as we discussed before, Chris, when you're in a family, you're you're influenced by so many different members of your family and what they like. And my dad is almost 96. He loves Sinatra. Oh. So that's, that's played a lot in this house. My eldest brother um, really loved Rod Stewart and the Faces. So we've grown up with that. And then, of course, there's my next brother, Dan, is really all the funk and the soul and Bob Marley and the Waiters, yeah. Dennis Brown, Janet Kay, Carol Thompson, artists like that. And then there's people that I like. But I must be honest, in this period that we're having, I'm revisiting a lot of my Rod Stewart albums, I'll be honest. He's an absolute legend. You know what? Rod Stewart and Tom Jones are just consistently good. Um, and Charlotte went to see The Voice live um, a few a few weeks ago, but Tom didn't get the opportunity to go and sing, no, did he? No, because he'd already done it twice in the season already, so right. they, like, they can't let him sing too many times. But um, Right, OK, so let's get on the show. Um, what I want to do before we talk to Andy about the amazing work that... Um, that uh, the hospice, St Francis Hospice does. Uh, I want to just share one thing that uh, I found yesterday, which is John Krasinski's Good Some Good News Network. Now, John Krasinski, if you don't know the name, is the guy who played Tim in the American version of The Office. Yeah. He's been in, he's married to the actress Emily Blunt. Do you love Emily Blunt? Um, Emily, Emily what do you so like cool. Emily Blunt in? Okay, she was in Dave Robbins. She was, yeah. She was yeah. in Into the Woods. Yeah. And she did that thing with oh my God, uh, James Corden and Lin Manuel Miranda um, on James Corden's show. Yeah. And it was just so funny. Yeah, it, no. it, it just was. It, it was good. So we like Emily Blunt. John Krasinski is doing an amazing thing by um, just sharing some of the positive news mm. out there. It's on YouTube. He's, um, we're going to try and... I've reached out to him today. Potentially we might get him on the show. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Hopefully that, that's the case. Um, but check out John, Krasinski, John Krasinski's Good News Network on YouTube. YouTube. So check, check that out today. <laughs> Um, one thing that we always share, though, and uh, is an absolute legend for sharing it. Dave Forsyke has shared more reasons to be um, grateful slash 
silver lining. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share some of those. Um, just while I'm looking at looking this up, Andy, what um what track are you absolutely loving at the minute? Oh, okay. So this is where I'll start to become a bit of an encyclopedia. Right. On the 1995 album by Roger, which is called A Spanner in the Works, there is a track called Muddy Sam and Otis, and it's a tribute that he wrote to Sam Cooke, Otis Redding, and Muddy Waters. And he's talking about, as a real youngster himself, he would try to be able to play their songs on guitar, sing it, and it comes across so good in the song. And yeah. this is what a lot of people miss in Rod Stewart. He is a storyteller. He can tell you a story within the realms of a song. Yeah. So if your listeners are and your people who are watching, Muddy Sam and Otis by Rod Stewart. Muddy Sam and Otis. Is that sort of his own lived experience? Is that how yes. he learned to play? Yeah, that's, so. that's really interesting. Because I, I think, Chris, the opening line of the song is, I remember when I was only 17, and he carries on from there, and he talks about how it came into his life, like all of us, on the radio, here's something on the radio, and it inspired him from yeah. that point. Yeah, and you, you know what? I think, like, what, what, Charlotte, what's your favourite generation of Propping Your Own in terms of music? What music are you really oh. loving for the past? Um, so, Did you quite like 70s rock at the moment? Yeah, uh, and also something like Candace, The Blue Oyster Cole. Oh. There's this one very particular song by Kinks that I just. What, what Kinks? Um, well Respected Man. Oh. Cool. And you played that, and you learned to play that on the ukulele. Yeah, didn't you? I did. I also swiftly forgot how to play that on the ukulele. But yeah, one one of the things I'm definitely doing because uh, the piano is like yeah. shouting at me to learn it. So I might I might try and learn the piano while well, we're in lockdown. Speaking of songs being used to tell stories, I, I um, Lucy Spikin's music is a lot like that. It's like she tells the story of how her like her life and it's not just her stories she tells but the stories of other people and she kind of expresses herself through music and she writes about how like how she overcame her problems yeah. and the love she feels for other people and stuff like that Look, I just I, I think good girl. musicians are always good storytellers aren't they they're, they're always have the ability to communicate through song so before we start talking about that a bit more can I share Day Before Nights reasons. reasons to be grateful slash silver linings. So, do you want to... Yes, okay. There's an increasing number of how-to videos appearing to help us be creative at home during lockdown. The one making bagels... This one on making bagels caught my eye this morning. I might have a go. Search go. for something you fancy making and I'm guessing you'll find a video on YouTube on how to do it. I reckon it's yeah. So, yeah, it's a good tip. I now know how to sew tiny bow ties. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you learn that? And what... No, no. There's a, there's a more pertinent question. Why did you learn that? Sunflies. <laughs> where, where, was it on YouTube? No. All right. Uh, I found a, a website dedicated to sewing, and I was just scrolling through. Bow ties. I need uh, more bow ties. And I was right. trying to learn how to make these little roses, but um, I didn't have any hair, spare hair bags, so I was like, eh. Yeah. Um, so, so the other thing you shared is the fact that there's loads of celebrities who are um, sharing um, their skills and expertise, yes. including Joe Wicks, who we were talking about yes. yesterday, who's doing some amazing work with some personal training sessions. But apparently you can also, at 10 o'clock on YouTube with Mining Class, you learn music. Otis Mabusi from um, 
Uh, Strictly come dancing. He's doing a dance class at 11.30. Carol Baldwin's doing maths at one o'clock. Dan Snow's doing history at two. Uh, David Williams has got an English lesson, lesson at three. And Jamie Oliver's got a food lesson at 5.30. So if you want to learn all those things while you're off, you've got the, uh, you've got the opportunity to do that. And thanks to Dave for every single day continuously sharing stuff with us that we can, um, that we can learn. Now, Andy, um, what, what I want to do, and, and thanks for coming, we really appreciate it, mate. Um, what, what I want to do is just talk about uh, the amazing work that the hospice does normally, but particularly at times that we've never seen before. So tell us a little bit about the work. Firstly, the hospice does normally, for the, those who don't know you, uh, and don't know the hospice, but also how, how it's been impacted in, in, in recent times. Okay, that's really quite easy and straightforward to do, Chris, because the hospice uh, opened its doors some 35 years ago. Uh, for those that don't know, we're based at Havering Bower, which is Romford. We care for patients and patients' families with any life-limiting illness. A lot of people think we are a cancer charity. Not so, because we're dealing with everything from heart disease, motor neuron disease, as well as cancer. Um, we serve the areas of Havering, Redwood, Barking and Dagnum, Redbridge and parts of West Essex. So catchment wise, we're one of the largest adult hospices in the UK. Um, the majority of our work takes place in the community. Uh, we are a 22 bed patient unit at the hospice, although at capacity we run at 18 beds, funding wise. So the majority of the work takes place in the community. Um, yeah. And that's that falls uh, where we are now. Uh, I'm very thankful to say that at the moment we're still running as best we can at capacity, um, but I'll go on to explain why things have become extremely difficult current yeah. day. And I, I didn't realise actually, Andy, that a lot of the work you do is out in the community, because you assume a hospice actually just looks after the people within the four walls of hospice, but the majority of the work you do is community, and that's got to be difficult in current times, right? Absolutely. I mean, Chris, like I said, catch wise you're looking at between 850,000 to a million people that we're looking after. If we're running on 18 beds at the hospice, we're not going to be seeing too many patients, and so people choose to be looked after in the comfort of their own home, but also residential homes, nursing homes. The hospice at home team literally go across the community. Mm. Uh, it is uh, just one, one quick shout out. We've got Dawn watching, um, and Dawn says the work that the hospice does is absolutely amazing. Um, Dawn actually did a, I know Dawn, she did a, a, a Tough Mudder. So she got herself absolutely filthy and dragging herself through mud and obstacles the other day to raise some money for you guys. Um, I'm, I'm running the marathon, whenever that is. <laughs> High five. Um, uh, outside your household? Yeah, don't touch anybody outside your household, people. That is dangerous nowadays, apparently. Oh, scientific fact, fist bumps, progress, germ from high fives and hand How about the elbow bump? We can do that. So, yeah, Dawn, Dawn, Dawn's, um, Dawn's doing amazing work, and there's loads of people who uh, get involved with the hospice, raise money. Has that working now, though? Because a lot of the events that you would have typically ran are, 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 are sort of sidelined for a little while, right? 
you know what, Chris? This is where the seriousness of it comes in. We're, we're, we're trying to keep a brave face on things. I think the great thing with British people is our humour, because our humour is what gets us through tough times. But the reality, not just for our hospice, most hospices across this country, is that they have kind of around about six months in reserves. And that is why fundraising is so vitally important. Because all the time that you're fundraising, all the time that you're bringing income in, you're not touching your reserves. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, this country has just changed almost overnight. And every planned activity, every event that we had booked in has either been cancelled, rescheduled, put on further in the year. Yeah. And money-wise, it's, it's, it's almost becoming a crisis. Yeah. So, so what? Just help me understand, because I know I know what you're like, Andy. You're you're proactive. You get involved, and you won't let this stop you supporting the people who need your help. So, help me understand a little bit about what Ospiz is doing to continue to raise the money to make sure you can deliver the service. Okay. Well, there's been a noticeable improvement in online donations, Chris. I think, obviously, a lot of people are at home. A lot of people are seeing our literature. Uh, we're using all forms of social media like everybody does. So there's always things going out from the hospice's website, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. We must get the message out. But I think that because some people are at home, they're seeing that our work continues. So as little as you can do is appreciated. And I think that's what's happening. We're receiving, you know, I wouldn't say a huge amount, but a decent amount of online donations just to try and keep ticking over. Yeah. And just help me understand how the care's delivered. You know, that at-home care, how is that delivered in a, in a situation where you potentially need to be careful about hygiene? Well, I think... It's probably the same rules as it is for almost everybody, um, apart from social distancing with the patient. Um, but we are, we've got protective masks, we have gloves, we are working that way. Um, as part of the community and corporate team myself, one of my biggest jobs when this all first started was to try and obtain some hand gel, some hand sanitizer from local pharmaceutical companies and which I managed to do yes. um, and because all of those things are an essential tool even now just to carry on the day-to-day -day work yeah. but if if let's let's be real about it Chris if someone's at end of life and the nurses have got to go in they've got to go in and yeah. so you just have to protect yourself as much as you can with social distancing but try and give that patient the best care that we can yeah yeah and that that's where the that's where being kind really comes into play, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Just making sure that somebody's got that end-of-life experience that is just the most compassionate you can be given given the current circumstances. Um, so help me understand, Andy, like, sort of where can people find you online, offline? Where can they sort of connect with you? First and foremost, Chris, the kindness project, because you've been uh, kind enough to have us on. But really and truly, anybody that's listening or can see this, www.sfh.org.uk. As soon as you go on there, you will see an appeal to sponsor one of our wonderful nurses who are continuing every single day the work of the hospice 
both at the hospice and out in the community. So I did bring a little leaflet along, Chris. I don't know if you can see it in my in my wonderful dad's kitchen, but this yeah. is the sponsor of appeal, did it, um, did which has been running for a long, long time, but is more important than ever before. Did it, um, do this appeal from as little as three pounds a month. Okay. That's less than a pound a week. And this will continue the work of our hospices. So anyone that's listening, anyone that can see, if you can just spare less than a pound a week to continue the work of our hospices, we would be very grateful. That's amazing. Thank you, mate. I really appreciate that. Um, and just one quick question before we before we move on to the end of the show. Um, did you intentionally wear a t-shirt to go with the cupboard behind you, or was it was it just accidental? <laughs> exercise classes at the minute and you're online and I did an exercise class the other day and somebody seemed to be training in San Francisco by the Golden Gate Bridge and I haven't worked out yet how we get like live backgrounds on so you could have gone like I've seen people do bespoke like backgrounds so maybe maybe you should get some like bespoke backgrounds in your life have a look on zoom to see how see how you do that um and one of the, well one one of the benefits of doing it live and from your dining room table is charlotte charlotte's back now and she just had to let the dog in how are you getting used to this new reality of working from uh, working from home well, again, I think this is where the fundraising team at the hospice have had to join this generation, get up to speed with technology. Yeah. So fundraisers like myself have a mobile phone, have a Surface Pro. We are able to work from home. I mean, I have, I'm not going to lie to you, Chris, where I've been trying to get donations from building societies, from banks, from pharmaceutical companies. There has been occasions when I've had to go out but it's all been done within the guidelines. If there's going to be a donation left for me, it's left outside the building. <laughs> and I go and I, I, I put my gloves on and I go and I collect the donation. goes into my car. I take it to the hospice, but I don't actually go inside the hospice. I drop it outside. I let somebody know it's there. They open the door, come out with their gloves, take it in. It's... It, we're all getting used to it, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Um, and and there's no argument about seeing Andy coming because literally every time I've seen him, he's worn the most orange I've seen an adult man wherever. You know, when you're when you're five, you can normally get away with it, but Andy really pulls it off uh, <laughs> as, as being an adult man who can clearly pull off orange. I, I don't know if I uh, I don't know if I'd have the ability to do it. So. Um, Chris, I've got to be honest, it's not even a colour that I necessarily like. <laughs> in saying that, I mean, it's got to the stage now across this community that a lot of people recognise this five foot two, fat, bald, orange man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the... Uh... I'm not saying you like this, Andy, because you know I love you, mate. Do you remember the Tango adverts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm not going to say anymore. Do you remember the Tango adverts? No. Okay, no. just YouTube Tango. So, you know what, Chris? Over the years, I've been mistaken for someone that works for EasyJet, Sainsbury's, anything <laughs> to do with Orange. Exactly. But, but it, the, the thing is, you want... When you're fundraising, you want it to be distinct and recognisable, right? That's part of the reason the branding works. Well, you know, this is important because going back to the history of the hospice, 35 years, coming up 36, actually, um, we used to have a, a blue colour, um, and there was a rebranding, which a, a lot of the community opposed because people don't like change, but also they felt that it was unnecessary amounts of money being spent on rebranding. And the truth is that that was all corporate sponsored. A lot of people don't realise that this is part of what fundraising is. Yeah. It's going out and seeing what your partners can do. So our whole rebranding was corporate funded. Yeah. But being orange, you are very visual. Yeah. So if, yeah. I'm, if I'm in the Mercury Mall in Romford, if I'm in the Liberty Centre in Romford, if I'm in the Ilford Exchange, you're going to see me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think... I think the other thing is, and it's one of the things that we've spoken about before, you know, if you live in Havering, odds are that you've had an experience of either you or a family member being directly involved with our space. And when I, because, because I've sort of um, signed up to run the marathon for you guys, the amount of people and who have come to me and said, you just you don't understand the impact of the amazing work that Osbitz does day in, day out, supporting people. So it's been an absolute honour having you on the podcast first, mate. Um, and as I say, one of our most popular episodes ever. Um, I've got tens of thousands of downloads on that. And it's an absolute pri privilege having you on live. Thank you for spending some time this morning coming Thank on you. and telling us about Osbitz. So... Do you want to do the end? We, you know what I've realised on Facebook Live, we don't do the does the end bit. We're so just do you want to do that? We just smoothly transition. Okay, okay. Let's... Tis the end of another podcast. <laughs> but the end's never the end. The end's never the end. Because we've always the beginning of Because we've got um, some answers for today's question of the podcast, which for, for our live viewers. Um, uh, Please let us know what word you'd miss the most if it was uh, removed from your dialogue. But first of all, let's give you some answers. Eve Keith said she'd miss the word blatantly. That's an unusual choice, but I like it. Um, at um, Beware the Pension Grabbers on Twitter said she'd, good handle, she'd miss the word love. Um, Al McCann said, the word he'll miss most from his vocabulary is the word vocabulary. It's quite a fat, it's a big word, it's a big yeah. word. Um, Alana Thompson said uh, she'd miss love as well because I tell my babies every day that I love them. Chris Haycock said he'd miss the word kind uh, because I need to use the word nice, which doesn't imply the same thing. Mike Christie said... Um, Burpee. I think he was joking because nobody misses the word burpee. Um, actually, I think I miss unprecedented, which is quite a nice word. Becky Coe added a four-letter word that starts with F. Um, and she said 
it's the reason she likes words is because it encompasses everything. You can use it in a good way and use it in a bad way. Fair enough, Becky. Uh, Trevor Robinson admits the word wronging. Uh, Sean Acton admits the word really. And Heidi Ball admits the word calm because um, her internal monologue needs calm nowadays. So she'd, she'd, miss the, she'd miss that particular word. And on that, on that note, it's the end of another... <laughs> what? It's joke time. You look forward to this bit, <laughs> don't you? Tell us the joke. Come on, then. Okay. All right, well, let, let's, pick a, let's pick a cheesy one out of the bag. Um, right. Now, bear in mind that as we've got Andy on, your job is to impress Andy with a joke. All right? Prepare to be not wow. <laughs> Prepared to be underwhelmed, yes, right? Yes, Here we go, right. go on. Why can't cheaters play hide and seek? Don't know. Because they're always spotted. Oh. <laughs> I've got one for you. Oh, and Andy's got a go on. Very quickly, this really reminds me of my eldest daughter, Chelsea, who's 20... Six twenty-seven now. My brain's gone. This is when she was about five years old. She used to tell this joke. Uh, what does Snow White say when she goes into a Photoshop? To know. One day my prince will come. <laughs> Quite. I mean, I mean that that for, for those of us, for those of us who remember going into a Photoshop and having to get your prince is. Is it my, do, do, uh, that's one of the things about technology. We do take photos for granted nowadays, don't we? One of the things Cassie's doing uh, in lockdown is going through our old photos. And she um, she found a photo of me dressed as a clown the other day. Um, do you want to give us one more joke? Oh, sure. Give uh, us one more, sure. just to top the show off. What starts with E, ends with E, or this is more of a riddle. What starts with E, ends with E, and only has one letter in it. E. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Envelope. Thank you for that riddle to finish the podcast. Bye. Yeah.